Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. Ooh, have I stepped out of line? Uh, gosh, there is nothing I haven't done in my life, uh, my adult life, that hasn't been stepping out of line. You know, my, my life uh, favorite quote is, by this Nobel Prize winning physicist who said, discovery is seeing what everyone has seen, but thinking what no one has thought. So I've always seemed to think differently. You know, I'd see something and think, why didn't anyone else ever see this to be what I see it to be? And then my, my mission has always been to take what I'm seeing in my mind's eye and bring it to life through creativity. I think I've always done that. And I think when you think differently and you believe certain things can be done that most no one has done before and most people don't believe can be done, you face a lot of, uh, I would say, exile. You face a lot of folks telling you what is wrong with you, like that can't be done. Why are you so blind? Why are you so naive? Why are you such a dreamer? And, you know, Doug and I have both been taught that, I think, every step of the way at Melissa and Doug, everything we did, conventional society said, can't do it, not going to make it, going to fail. And uh, we just kind of said, you know what, if everybody thought what we were doing was the right way to go, others would have already done it. So this must mean that actually we're on to something. And if we do the impossible, then we will create something that no one has ever created. So I think you know, my journey has been, I've always had this very clear uh, instinct and clear voice that's here and here in my imagination and in my heart. Uh, I just was too scared to listen to it for a long time. But as I've aged, my practice has been to listen more and more to it because it is my truth. And I think when I do listen to it, whether or not I can bring it to fruition or not, it's my most authentic self and it's when I feel the best. Were you married for a long time when you started the company? Were you, did you have kids at that point? I mean, how did you make that leap? To me, that's like the most courageous thing to do is to make that leap. You know, Doug and I started Melissa and Doug when we were just dating. We had been dating for three years and we were both completely like bereft of meaning in what we were doing. And you know, I felt like I had like a two-ton gorilla sitting on my shoulders each day. I could barely get out of bed because I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. And he gave me the courage. It was really, you know, I think I was entrenched in societal expectation and terrified of heeding my own, my own soul's cry. But he gave me the courage to say, you know what, we're doing this thing and you can do it and stop caring about what people think. And I was so miserable that I literally said, you know what, it, nothing can be worse than the way I feel, you know, getting out of bed without meaning. We were dating, we went away to a bed and breakfast for the weekend. And we said, we are not coming home until we know what we are doing with our lives. And, you know, we both love children. We always love children. All, all our parents were educators. 
Uh, so we knew that it had to be something involving children. And I think that was, you know, maybe one of the best decisions we ever made because um, it truly came from, you know, a passion to uh, somehow unleash children's imaginations. And then, you know, we gradually came to that it would be products that could have the potential to um, spark or catalyze, you know, some sort of uh, finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. I remember some of my favorite little toys was like a little play iron and like a hammer because you could do anything with them. You could pretend so much. And to me, that was the most fun about these, about toys. And I know that your, your toys are, are like that. They're, they're simple, but they're also embellished. So they're not boring, but they, they make the child actually play. And I know, especially now over the past year and a half in the pandemic, when everybody's glued to their phone and their computer and the games, and it must be like almost like a knife in your heart sometimes when you see that kids are just not being stimulated in the way that they should be, that they're just in front of like their iPhone or their parents' iPhone and and just playing all day and Instagram and everything. They're not getting anything from it. Um, Well, you know, open-ended play is essential to lead a fulfilling, independent life. And if you don't learn how to create something from the nothing, how to take the boredom and actually contrive something magical on your blank canvas, you will not be able to deal with hardships of life's with life's ups and downs. So yeah, we believe, and so does the American Academy of Pediatrics who we aligned with in, in fighting for open-ended play. Like it's essential that kids learn to play, you know, on their own play without screens and learn to really engage their imaginations in anything that they can believe is true. When you were younger, did you major in education? Like, how did you have this, or psychology? How did you have this background of, besides your both, you know, sets of parents being educators to know that this was a path that you needed to take kids on? Yeah, I mean, everything I do is just out of an innate curiosity and uh, an innate creativity to kind of bring ideas to life. So I think, you know, it really started with a little spark, which was Doug and my questioning, like, what is going on? Why are there no more beautiful, timeless toys around? Why is it all battery powered toys that like, like are loud and have flashing lights and basically don't allow the child to engage their, you know, sense of imagination. It started with that, just that question and then really investigating why those toys weren't around, not finding a satisfactory answer, and then just saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do do them ourselves. We're gonna create these timeless playthings that have the capacity to unleash kids' imaginations and are you know ninety percent about the kid and only ten percent about the toy. Our toys don't beckon you over. They don't you know cry, play with me, play with me. They really take the beautiful imagination of a child to engage them. And that is good in one sense, because they're different with every child who plays with them, whenever a child plays with them, whatever the child brings to it that day. But it's challenging in that because it's not going to beckon you over. They're generally not kid centric purchases. And they're, they're products that a parent has to want in their children's lives with the intoxication of Uh, technology, you know, it's something that a a parent has to be very deliberate about 
you know, putting in a child's life and saying, like, you are going to engage in open-ended play and not be on a screen for two hours every day. Like you have to make it a practice every single day. What was your favorite toy growing up as a child? Did you have something that you loved? Like, I know I loved, I had a very ugly looking Barbie who had a weird hole in her stomach. I don't know why, but I remember, okay, that was my doll I played with. Um, You know, my kids had tons of toys, but I didn't have a big variety, but I, you know, I remember my favorites. Did you have a favorite one? I, I did. I, well, I'd say first it was just creating. Um, and I, I played music, I wrote music, I wrote verses, I crafted. So it was the act of creating was my favorite thing to do, but my favorite toy was also a Barbie and I made clothes for her, but because we didn't have fabric around and like, I wasn't going to ask my parents to purchase it. I actually, over time, we had these big, heavy curtains and they had two layers. They had like the inner layer and the beautiful part, the brocade part. I would cut the inner layer of the fabric. And over time, like there was no inner layer anymore and make clothing for um, my Barbie. Did anybody realize that, that gradually was missing? Did you have a dog in the house or a cat that you could have blamed it on? Oh my God. No, no one ever, no one ever looked. It was funny. Like, no one ever looked, like, behind the, behind the curtain. And I would color them, you know, put designs on them to make them look like they were not part of the, right. the curtain. I used to use tissues. I used to make outfits out of tissues. Mm, that's what, that's you know, beautiful. What I had. That's creativity. So becoming an entrepreneur took over, I'm sure your entire life. Did your kids grow up knowing what you were doing is, you know, so important? Or were you just a mom who had just like a lot of toys that were, you know, you tried out toys and then to see what worked and what didn't? You know, I really think of Melissa and Doug as my first child. And um, I'll get emotional because, you know, I gave birth to it just like I gave birth to my six children. And it always was just as important as much a part of my life as they were. And I think they grew up knowing that, you know, their mom had this job And it was challenging, to be honest, because in our community, a lot of moms don't work and a lot of moms are there to do whatever their kids want them to do at any time of the day. And my kids would lament quite often, like, why can't you be, you know, the art smart mom? And why can't you take me and pick me up? They still lament it. Actually, my youngest, you know, says, why can't, why does someone have to drive me to this and that? And, you know, the, the positive, I've, I've had so many challenges in my life, I would say, and, and I'm flawed in so many ways. But I think the one thing I always knew is I needed something of my own, something that came from here. Um, and I knew that if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be a good parent. And I would probably expect too much from my kids because I wouldn't have that thing that, that I did for just my, my self-satisfaction. So from early on, I really conveyed to them how important this was for me and how much it meant to me and that without it, I wouldn't be whole. However, I still love them just as much, but it was important for me to have this other thing. So I never really swayed from that. I only communicated the joy I had for it. And I'm proud today. I'd say one of the few things, because I'm really, I've had so many flaws as a parent, but one of the only things I'm proud of is that you know, all my kids talk about like working. I mean, they never would ever consider like not having a job and a family. And as hard as it's been, and you know, the, the elusive balance doesn't happen. And there are moments when 
you feel like you're shortchanging both of them continually. So it's not like it's, it's any form of perfection, but I have proved to them you can do it. You know, is it going to be perfect? No. Are they going to always feel a little shortchanged? Sure. Um, but they, they don't feel anything other than they're going to do it, which makes me really happy. Are any of them working with you in the business or they've all gone different ways? Um, yes. Uh, our, our daughter, our oldest daughter uh, worked with us at Melissa and Doug for years and is now working for uh, Lifeline. Our next daughter who um, just started college, she worked for a year between high school and college uh, at Lifelines full time. So it's been, I, I never thought I would be able to have my own children uh, working by my side. And that has been really joyful. It's like a dynasty you're building, the Melissa and Doug dynasty. You know, I think the number one characteristic to be a successful entrepreneur, optimism is number one, um, believing in the in possibility that anything is 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 mad anything imaginable can come to life and then incredible tenacity so i'll explain each one um optimism is the most important if you are someone that is like a cup half empty forget it you don't have a chance because being an entrepreneur you're going to face so many setbacks and so many people are going to tell you again and again it can't be done and I mean, if, if I told you all the hurdles Doug and I have faced, I mean, you wouldn't even believe them. They're that like incredible and one after another and after another. And people look at us, you know, and they, they see sort of what we have, the superficial and they say, oh my gosh, you know, it must've been easy or they think that. And we just shake our heads and we say, you know, to ourselves, they have no idea. Um, because even we many, many times along our 32 plus years, uh, said, we can't do this anymore. We gotta, we gotta turn in the towel. Um, so you have to be optimistic that anything is possible. You have to believe that anything you can imagine can be brought to life. And I think it's really important. And you have to stay true to that mission. If you have that, that core mission, you can't divert from it in any way. People will try to take you off the path and they'll, they'll be holding, I almost think about it as you're on this pilgrimage and there'll be people that jump up along the way, holding shiny coins, like, look over here, come over here, like trying to get you to, to go another way. And you have to be like, like laser focused in going down your path to follow your, the thing you see in your head, that mission. And then the tenacity is probably the most important, you know, no matter what you can't give up. And when it seems like it's, you know, the hardest period of your life and you can't go any further, that's when you have to dig deep and go further. And that's when you have to have the courage to look at what's going on and saying, okay, this is here to teach me something gulp. What is that? And take a deep breath and say, okay, you know, whatever we messed up, we, we did this wrong. How can we fix it and move forward? And I think, you know, we've had so many of those instances at Melissa and Doug times at which we said, um, I mean, we had this one period where we were making really, we started making really large items. You know, we had always made small items like puzzles and wooden toys. We started making big items like easels and kitchens. And we didn't know that you have to engineer packaging to ship large items. 
we just decided we would stick, you know, all the pieces of a kitchen, all the pieces like that needed to be assembled in, in a box and ship it across the ocean and in, into um, people's stores. And they ended up arriving, 100% of them arrived completely so damaged, people couldn't even put them together. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of products that were completely um, unusable. And our stores were very upset because they, they wanted the products in the first place and then they were all damaged. So it was horrific. You know, we had to eat like maybe a million dollars of, of losses and realize like, what are we going to do now? Like, we don't even have a package engineer. What do, what do we do? And it was one of those moments that it was like, oh, we just messed up so royally and we had to say, what are we going to do? Okay. We're going to credit everybody, their kitchens. We're going to say, oops, new type of product. We missed half of it and we're going to rectify it. And we, you know, dug deep. We hired a package engineer. We started creating packaging that could support big, heavy, you know, big, heavy products. And we ended up making that category one of our, our biggest categories. But, you know, and those are little things, but things like that happened every single day with just like, oh, not again. Uh, so I think having the courage to know that, a lot of the things that look like failures are actually your biggest teachers. And if you have the courage to really look at them for what they are and learn from them, they will really lead you down the path to, um, to your, to achieving your, your mission. It means so much to me coming you know, from I'm crying listening to that. Whoever her OT was, and we went through, you know, a number of them, would always recommend your toys because oh, she always you. had to, you know, pick, she couldn't do anything little intricate. And it was like big and blocky. I remember you had a birthday cake. I don't know if you remember a birthday cake and candles and a thing. And like any like Hanukkah time or anytime I had to get her a present, I would gravitate towards something that I knew would be durable and that she could use during therapy, but she also would love. So, oh, that's that means neat. so much, Perry. I, oh. I can't tell you enough. Throughout her college career, she's specifically drawn to female entrepreneurs mm, because she wants to be that one day as well. Yay. Yeah. You so will. you already you're, are. You're extremely inspiring to her. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to mentor you in any way I can. Oh, so yeah. if you would, you know, like to have a regular call, we can, we can definitely set that up. Do you have anything amazingly positive that you can take away from the past year and a half? Oh my gosh. So many things. I mean, I feel like, again, there were obviously some horrible, horrible things to come out of it. And, and for us too, losing a lot of folks that we love, but I would say, one of the biggest positives was the cessation of all the external things that we engaged in that made our lives so busy and the ability to focus on the here and now and just being together as a family that transformed all of our lives. And I saw my kids like the kind of a weight lift off their shoulders. And I think I realized, even though in some senses, the sports they do and all the extracurriculars are fun in a lot of sense, there are a lot of pressure too. And, you know, we had all six of our children home for like eight months and it was a profound gift to 
reconnect as a family and engage in a lot of the simple things that we had forgotten about in the busyness of our lives. So, you know, meals became just hysterical and we played games together and we listened to music and we, one, one day a week, we all cooked together and each made like a special dish. So I think a lot of those things became these memories um, that I'll always remember. And then I think, you know, for me, it really, for the very first time in my life, helped me to engage in self-care that I had never prioritized. And I saw a lot of folks suddenly saying like, now that all the things I did are gone, you know, what can I do for me? And we saw this crazy rise in walkers. And, you know, Doug and I make this point every day. We go on an hour walk for our, our mental well-being. And we saw so many folks who had never walked before walking and really for the first time, like appreciating the beauty of our town and appreciating, you know, we have a beach here. We're on Long Island Sound and, you know, appreciating like no one used to go to the beach because they're kind of like, ah, the beach, it's Westport. It's not a real beach. It's the Long Island Sound. It's exquisite. And I think, you know, so many of us began to appreciate and see the beauty right around us. So it was like appreciating the extraordinary in the ordinary in ways that we hadn't done for years. Having people like you as, as mentors and role models give her the tools to know that it can be done and, and you know, she just has to get started and, and just follow it. You are in a long, I mean, you will be a role model to so many who think they can't do this. So I think that if, if I see, like just seeing your light, that's what you have to do. You have to say to all those people who think I can't because they're so they're too scared because they might have some form of disability or special need that they think prevents them from doing whatever they they truly want to. You are like living proof that nothing should be able to stop you. 